If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It is episode 583 for February 22nd, 2023. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I've got a couple of special guests with me from here at IGN. Taylor Lyles, good to see you again. Good to see you again as well, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you making time out of uh, of your schedule while you're trying to get a review done. So we'll try not to hold you up too long, but we've got plenty of Xbox business to attend to. And then uh, the first, for the first time in too long, I'm glad he is back here. Cicero Holmes, good to see you, my friend. Ryan, it's great to see you. The last time I was here, it was Mardi Gras. And today is Ash Wednesday, the day after Mardi Gras. So I will say again, let the good times Cicero <laughs> or roll. Uh, for, for folks that may not recall, you do you have a, a wonderful Star Trek podcast that I need, I do. To, I need to get on and, and visit with you on because now that the card's back. Give yourself a quick plug real quick. Remind everybody what you're up to. Well, well thanks, man. It's uh, So I am Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan on all your social media platforms. I am a podcaster for a long, long time. Uh, one of the things that I do is talk about Star Trek uh, on uh, on all of the different versions of Star Trek that are that are happening on the Discovery Debrief podcast. Uh, Star Trek Picard Season 3, the final season, has just started. And uh, today, as we are recording our latest episode, reviewing that episode, that premiere episode, just dropped, along with a couple of other episodes. So there's plenty of stuff for you guys to uh, take a listen to and check out. Please, if you're a Star Trek fan, please check us out. We are uh, some deep, deep Star Trek fans and actually have uh, one of our guests or one of our hosts is newer to the franchise. So he's kind of discovering the franchise and, and, and figuring out how much he aligns with it in real time. So if you're like him, that's it's it's really great to kind of get that that counterbalance. Uh, another thing that I do is uh, talk about a show. Uh, or talk about games on a show that Ryan was a was a uh, guest on, and that's Test Your Might, as you can see behind me. Uh, and 
basically it's a video game debate show. You you come to podcast unlocked, you hear the news. Uh, but if you just want to hear people argue about the news, come to test your might where we get to debate stuff. Uh, the latest episode, uh, just as an example, one of our debate questions was what game should come, uh, what unreleased game in 2023 should come to uh, game pass. And my suggestion was uh, Insomniac's Marvel Spider-Man 2. Um, so if you want ridiculous comments like that, please make sure you come and check us out at uh, Test Your Mic. Yes, both excellent podcasts and uh, you, well, worth, well worth checking out for everybody. Uh, and Star Trek Picard, one episode in, I'm like, I like it so far, but yeah. is it going to just hurt me again? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, yes. Uh, but it, yes. A game that unfortunately probably is going to hurt you. One of the big releases wanted dead. <laughs> We'd seen, I'd been so optimistic for this and we've had a lot of coverage on it on IGN. Our uh, esteemed action game expert, Mitchell Saltzman dropped the review four out of 10. Not good. In fact, bad. Uh, and many other critics sadly agreeing. I put in, I played about the first hour of this game and, as much as I wanted to, I was like, I hope I disagree with Mitchell on this because, you know, you can, one person's four can still be another person's enjoyable six, but no, it's, uh, you can feel it pretty quickly and it, it's a shame, but, uh, it's so a, it's a, it's a Ryan McCaffrey four as well. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played the whole thing, but I, I, <laughs> I see no reason to, to feel differently, uh, than, than Mitchell on this one, but the good news is. Another game came out this week that is great, and that is Atomic Hearts, long-awaited first-person shooter from startup developer Munfish. We've had a ton of exclusives on this game on IGN over the last few years as well. We gave that one an 8 out of 10, calling it great. Check out our review now on IGN.com where you can read it and watch it. You can also watch our video review on YouTube.com slash IGN. And the, the nice bonus to this one is it is launching straight into Game Pass. So there is really, if you're just looking for a fresh, original first-person shooter with no franchise baggage attached to it, just something new, you got no excuse. Give it a look. Atomic Hearts on Game Pass. I'm going to be doing that this week. It's uh, It's been a good week because I've got Atomic Heart that I need to get going on. I mean, I got to play an hour of it a while ago, but I want to play the rest of it. My PSVR 2 is here. I want to play oh, with man. some of that since Xbox doesn't seem like they want to give us a VR solution. So PSVR 2, it is for now. Uh, and a quick note, by the way, on Atomic Heart. They're composers. So they got Mick Gordon, the awesome composer that did Doom and Doom Eternal. He Mick is donating his fee from, from what he was paid to score Atomic Heart in support of Ukraine. He tweets, my musical contribution to Atomic Heart will also support a greater cause. I've donated my fee to Red Cross's Ukraine crisis appeal to stand in solidarity with the people of Ukraine. If you're able to, please consider donating together. We can make a difference. So uh, plus one awesomeness for Mick on that. And yeah. uh, it just makes me all the more excited to, to dive in and give the game a shot and, and listen to more Mick. We haven't really heard Mick in a little while. I, I'm not sure if he's done a game since Doom Eternal, which is now, gosh, three years ago. So wow. Atomic Heart. Check it out. Uh, one more quick programming note, and then I promise I'll shut up and let everybody else talk. Our IGN first game for this month is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. 
I've mentioned that the last two weeks. We've got some, we've got some content out there now. Uh, we started a little slow, and last week, Mitchell Saltzman just dumped a ton of awesome new Jedi Survivors content on us, including our exclusive first hands-on preview. He and I both played about four or five hours of the game. He wrote the preview. Check it out. There is new footage to see on IGN.com or, again, YouTube.com slash IGN. And more coverage all February long. So we got another week or so. We will be bringing you more exclusive Star Wars Jedi Survivor goodness. All right. Cicero, Taylor, I hope you both came ready to talk business because we, we are... Every time this comes up and I say, oh, I'm tired of talking about this, it's unavoidable this week. The Activision Blizzard story continues, takes another turn. So Microsoft's push to get this Activision Blizzard acquisition approved by regulators, while well, their push kicked into high gear this week. Microsoft's CTO, Brad Smith, announced that the Nintendo deal that they previously said they were going to do is signed, sealed, and delivered. Quote, We've now signed a binding 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to Nintendo's gamers. This is just part of our commitment to bring Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty to more players on more platforms with the statement reading, Microsoft and Nintendo have now negotiated and signed a binding 10-year legal agreement to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players the same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity so they can experience Call of Duty just as Xbox and PlayStation gamers enjoy Call of Duty. We are committed to providing long-term equal access to Call of Duty to other gaming platforms, bringing more choice to more players and more competition to the gaming market. Very selective wording there. Cicero, let me start with you because there are we, there are more pieces to this, but let's just start at the Nintendo piece. Uh, your thoughts on both the, the move itself and Microsoft's very particular wording there for the regulators. I I love, love, love the phrasing. Love it, right? Um, because it is it is a like a sniper shot directly at the argument, uh, the arguments that are being made um to to try and stymie this this acquisition from happening. Uh so I, I love that part um right off the bat, right? Is is hey. We do this, we're allowing everything to, or everyone, irrespective of your platform, to be able to play the games that we currently own. And uh, so here, you know, even on Nintendo, the one thing that I am curious about is the fact that they said they will be feature complete. Um and you know, so I wonder about that, right? We we all know, right? It's it's it is not me jumping off a ledge to say that Nintendo's consoles are underpowered um, when you compare them to the PlayStation Five or or to the Xbox Series X. Um, so it it will be very interesting to see how they're able to live up to that part of the language um, with respect to the features if the console doesn't have the ability to produce all of the features potentially yeah T- teraflops just a number right so it's right 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 yeah it's, it's fine i'm sure it'll be fine well maybe they go the streaming option you know we've seen that mm. with some third party switch ports where they you just have to 
you have to connect online and stream the game. That'll that's, be interesting. To that's see a good point. That, that you know, I mean, Microsoft does own Azure, so. Taylor, your thoughts here, Nintendo, Call of Duty, and making life hell for the regulators as they <laughs> as they try to, to weigh whether or not to approve this thing. Yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. I actually thought it was smart that Microsoft is really trying very hard to make this deal happen. And, you know, we've seen over the several last several weeks of regulators voicing their concerns and saying, yeah, this is our point of contention with making this deal happen. So I think Microsoft really, you know, teaming up with Nintendo to make this happen, along with another company that we'll get to in a second. But this is, you know, I'm glad that they also clarified that they were going to bring that the same day as Xbox, because I believe there was an episode we did, you were out that day, where Stella had mentioned, yeah, but what kind of Call of Duty? Are they just going to port Call of Duty Mobile or something like that? So I'm glad that they were clear on like, hey, if Xbox is getting a new Call of Duty game, Nintendo's getting a new Call of Duty game as well. But again, as you know, you guys have previously said, the Nintendo consoles, you know, last like several years, they have not been powerful. They're not, you know, stacking up with the current generation of consoles that Sony and, and Xbox are offering. But they have a chance to bring this to the cloud, as we've seen with games like Control and Resident Evil Village. So they will find a way to put it on there. But it really, I am curious to see just how these Call of Duty games will run on a, on like the Nintendo Switch or whatever Nintendo has coming down the pipeline if it's not a, a more powerful Switch. Yeah, you know, actually, you bring up a great point because we don't know when this kicks in, right? All they said is they signed a 10-year deal pending the approval of the acquisition, but does it start next year in 2024? Does it start in 2025? Which, to, to your exact point, could be when the Switch 2, or as I want it to be called, the Super Switch, <laughs> finally comes out, right? You, so maybe, maybe you might be onto something there with, maybe we can kind of try to suss out a little a little ETA on that next Nintendo platform out of this? I hope so. Um. The, the next question that comes to mind, I'll, I'll throw it to both of you. Okay, Microsoft is committed to doing a, a, a feature parody Nintendo version day and date. Well, somebody's got to make that version. Hmm. So who's going to do this every year, right? Is like, Cicero, are we, we going to get like a, maybe one, like Beanox or one of those kind of Activision support studios to, to take up the mantle here? Or do you, do you have it? done by you just farm it out to a a total third party place or one of the support studios within the Microsoft organization? Like who, who should do this? You you know who I think should do this is a studio that is much maligned right now, um, but has first person shooter chops three, four, three. Oh, to, right? to do the Switch version of Call of Duty. That is yes. bold talk, right. my friend. Right. Well, because you know what? Sometimes sometimes you need to learn how to uh, wax on and wax off before you go into the big tournament and and fight Danny LaRusso. Right? <laughs> so you like I, I just feel like 343 can't be too, uh, you know, they can't have too much pride. They can't have too much hubris and realize that, you know what, there's something that we're doing. There's some disconnect between what we, what we're desiring to produce and what we actually produce. And there's less so of that with what uh, call of duty is producing, I believe. So 
why can't we use some of the tools that we've learned from our years and experience building Halo games and add what, what Activision has learned making Call of Duty games and then make the Switch version of that game and maybe we can take some of that back with us when it's time to design whatever the next version of a game that 343 will produce, whether it's a Halo game or something else in you know, some other IP uh, so that they can have that confidence back with them. You don't think that 343 is maybe a little too, I guess, expensive of a studio in terms of the headcount and the amount of money that, that gets put into that studio to run it, to build Halo, to, uh, to, to throw them on the, the switch port of Call of Duty? Well, so I, I do think that they, if, you know, if you're taking all of 343, then yes, I do think <laughs> that that is, that is going to be an expensive proposition, but I, but I do think that it is important for that studio to, to have a win, right. To have a, um, you know, so to, for, for three, four, three to say that we have done something that, that the community has, has unabashedly enjoyed. Um, and I think that this is something, a Nintendo version of call of duty that feels like call of duty is something that I think could be a win for anyone who makes it. Um, and I, you know, I realize it's a port and usually we don't even think about who the, the teams are that, that, who, that make ports, but uh, Hey, uh, playground games was, was a, was a team that made ports before they made Forza Horizon. So. Well, they, they, that was their first game. I think they, well, they had come from, they sort of assembled from around the, the UK right. racing game. Right. Uh, community so i'm sure some of them definitely yeah. definitely worked on some ports but uh well yeah that would be quite a move to break to have 343 contribute to their first non-halo yeah. game to have it be call of duty on the switch you don't uh, you don't bring me here to 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 make easy suggestions <laughs> no we love it we love it taylor uh anybody come to mind in the either the activision family that would soon be a part of the Microsoft family or within the Microsoft ZeniMax family that, that you think might be a good fit here? You know, I was going <laughs> to, so I want to be controversial, but I'm going to say the most practical one and then like my ideal one. So sure. the most practical would be either Raven Software or mm. Vicarious Visions. I think Vicarious Visions did rename themselves, so now it's Blizzard Albany, I think. Yes. Uh, but I could see them because they've worked together before in the past, so that would be a good collaboration. Or, you know, ideally, you know, I'd like to see <laughs> id Software or Machine Games like, wow. work on it because they've got some first-person shooter chops. Uh, I'd like to see them try to work out a Switch port and see, you know, how they can get that working on the Switch because it's, you know, they're not really working with the most powerful tech in that regard when you're making a version for that console but those are those are my three kind of like ideal ones but i feel like if anything if this was going to happen they'll probably just chuck those off to blizzard albany and raven software to work because they already have that pre-existing experience and they've done stuff really similar content with call of duty in the past so it yeah. seems like that makes the most sense I, I can't really see them giving this to anybody in the Zenimax or Xbox Studios uh, umbrella. I feel like they're going to just keep that in-house with the Blizzard family, but we'll see. Yeah, I, it's, I'm glad you mentioned Raven, because they, they certainly came to mind when I was thinking about this, because they, they've largely done... Uh, well, they've, they've contributed to both multiplayer and campaign in over 
a long, actually the last, what, 10 years or more of Call of Duty now, they they did, they built the campaign for Black Ops Cold War, which I reviewed and I, and I liked, I gave it a seven. Um, I'm a big Raven Software fan going all the way back to their Jedi Knight 2 days, their uh, Heretic and Hexen days. They did Quake 4. Uh, they've done some really great stuff over time. And I feel like, I mean, selfishly, if the if this acquisition goes through, I want to see Raven be allowed to make something completely new. Um, now, whether that's realistic or not, given that they are clearly very valuable as, as a key component, a key cog in the Call of Duty machine that makes billions and billions of dollars every year is another story. But yeah, I, for me, it's, it's, it's like Toys for Bob or Beanox or maybe High Moon, like one of those kind of existing. Um, and again, I don't say it negatively as a, when I say support studio, because those teams have also made their own original games. But that's, I feel like that's probably going to make the most sense. But I guess whoever does it, it's going to be worthwhile for, for Microsoft because a Switch version could generate it could be one of the top selling switch games of the year every single year. So there's clearly value to be had in that. Now uh, I mentioned at the top that this was only part one of a, of a multi-part like (laughs) assault that Microsoft uh, embarked upon this past week. And Taylor, you mentioned part two and here's, here are the details and I'll throw it to you for, for first comment. Phil Spencer took to Twitter to announce a separate deal for PC gamers saying we've signed a 10 year agreement with NVIDIA that will allow GeForce Now players to stream Xbox and PC games as well as, uh, excuse me, Xbox PC games, as well as Activision Blizzard PC titles, including Call of Duty following the acquisition. We're committed to bringing more games to more people however they choose to play. Taylor, I, this one, I think, uh, I certainly didn't see it coming. I'm not sure if a lot of people saw this one coming. You know, it certainly threw me off for a curve, but I had a feeling that, it, I, again, it was, it was a shock nonetheless, but I was also kind of like, well, not too surprised, if only because the last several months, as we've seen, Ryan, Microsoft has been very, very aggressive in trying to, you know, tell people that this isn't going to be an issue of antitrust. Like right. they don't want to gatekeep anything from gamers. So GeForce Now, it's, you know, it's a pretty popular cloud gaming service that and Xbox Cloud Gaming. I really enjoy GeForce Now, especially with the tier deals and how you can, you know, the, the different rigs and things like that. So giving people more option to play cloud games, especially the last recent years where Microsoft has really been pushing cloud gaming into the mainstream. I think it only makes sense that they were going to team up with NVIDIA to, you know, expand their library. Because again, at the end of the day, it's quite clear that Microsoft really wants to get games, their games, in the hands of as many gamers as they possibly can. So naturally, when you really look at the broad scope and the bigger picture, this makes sense. Yeah. And I'm actually just looking because I was curious as you you were talking. Uh, it, It was announced last, when was this? August, yeah, just six, not even six months ago. Uh, NVIDIA's GeForce Now game streaming service tops 20 million users. Well, so that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, Cicero, your thoughts on another platform getting access to Activision Blizzard stuff when Microsoft takes control? 
I think I think Taylor said it brilliantly, right? It's it's all about making sure that everyone has the access to play the games, uh, irrespective of your platform. We, we want to be platform agnostic, and and um, you know, it, game Game Pass and and you know, Microsoft has really been about. Uh, removing that barrier to entry. Everyone has barriers of entry and, and to to doing lots of things, especially specifically playing games. You know, one of those barriers is uh, platform. Uh, do you have the platform that necessary to play that game? Uh, another barrier is uh, purchase, right? Do you have the, the finances? Do you have the money to play that game? Uh, and the third barrier is, do you have the time to play that game, right? And only you can defeat that third barrier, right? Like only you can determine whether or not you've, you've got the time, but Microsoft is doing everything in their power to remove those, those other two barriers of entry. And, uh, and, and that is part of their argument, right? They have, they have invested $70 billion into this acquisition and they are going they're They're doing a full court press, to try and prove to all of the naysayers that this is this is not only good for Microsoft, but is good for uh, the community at large, the gaming community at large. Yeah, I will and- also say too that this is. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. No, go I was ahead, please. Also, I was going to add that. Um, if you know, if this deal goes through, and you know these Activision Blizzard games do come to GeForce now, it will feel somewhat a little full circle. I remember uh, back in 2020, uh, Activision Blizzard had pulled their games for the service. I, I believe they are back on there now. I haven't, I haven't checked off the top of my head. So if somebody wants to correct me in the comments, I'm sorry, don't come for my neck. But I do remember that happening a couple years ago. So I was like, wow. I was just thinking about. That. I was like, wow, that piece, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I was like, talk about an odd little full circle. Everything you know? old is new again. Yeah, no, you're right. I just Googled it to, to let me just get the what's the date on this. Let's, yeah, you're totally right. You're exactly right. In fact, exactly three years ago, February 12, uh, 12, 2020, Activision Blizzard pulls support for NVIDIA's GeForce Now streaming platform. So good memory on you, because I don't remember anything that happened from right before the pandemic in February of 2020. <laughs> it was a tough time for all of us. That's fair. But yeah, and then continuing on this, we know Microsoft has, they have publicly stated that they have made that same 10-year offer for Call of Duty to PlayStation, to, right. to Sony, uh, and we await their response. Of course, they are, if they sign that, they're effectively saying, we're okay with this deal, so they're not going to sign that right now. I'm sure they will sign it as soon as the deal does get approved, uh, if, in fact, it gets approved. Now, uh, some people have wondered, okay, well, what about, what about if, if you were to just take Call of Duty out, that Microsoft could buy everything else but not Call of Duty, which, I mean, A, doesn't seem to make sense, but let's say that there's some version of that that, from a business perspective, makes sense. Well, uh, the aforementioned Mr. Brad Smith addressed the media uh, recently in this past week discussing the Call of Duty deal, and he responded to a question regarding selling the Call of Duty brand to push in order to push the rest of the deal to the finish line. He says, quote, we don't think it's realistic that one part of this company can be carved out from the rest, end quote. This question comes after a report from the, the if you're an Xbox fan, the villain of this story, I guess one of the villains, because Sony's one of the villains. The other villain would be 
the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, aka the CMA, uh, a report from them earlier this month saying that Microsoft could concede Call of Duty in favor of keeping other things like Candy Crush. So uh, that's one other piece to this is you've you've got Brad Smith just saying, uh-uh, this is an all or nothing deal, which absolutely he should say that. And then the final piece of this uh, that I want to get your thoughts on is the president of the Communications Workers of America Labor Union Group has asked the European Commission to, quote, help make history by approving the proposed merger. So you have a union saying, we want this. The request was made by CWA President Christopher Shelton in an email to the European Commission's Executive Vice President. As reported by GamesIndustry.biz, the two-page statement was released earlier this week to coincide with a closed-door meeting held in Brussels between Microsoft and the European Commission, which is where Brad Smith's media conference happened, which is currently investigating the merger over anti-competition concerns. The CWA had voiced concerns, blah, 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 blah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's skip to the good part. The ah, the quote from the, the letter here of the union push, pushing for a yes. The European Commission has an opportunity in this case to take seriously the impact of a major transaction on the video game labor market. Given the clear pathway to enforceable behavioral remedies for potential consumer harms articulated by the European Commission and other regulators, we hope you will approve this merger and help make history in rebalancing power in labor markets. Hmm. Wow, there's a, there's a lot there. Uh, Cicero, so you've got a big labor union on board. You've got uh, the, the my, you've got Microsoft making deals with NVIDIA and Nintendo and offering a deal to Sony. I mean, does it feel like that Microsoft's basically trying to kind of flank every potential move that either Sony and trying to throw a wrench in this or the C the CMA would do here. Like it feels like we're, we're kind of heading for an end game on this one way or the other. Yeah. Well, for, first, first things first, um, Ryan, I want to make an offer to you. I will sell you McDonald's but uh, you can't have the Big Mac or French fries. <laughs> That's right. You can keep the McFlurry yeah. and the hot apple pie, <laughs> but but Big Mac and fries, you can't have that. Otherwise, the deal is off. Um, so, again, you know, Microsoft has spent, they've invested $70 billion in the acquisition and have... Uh, who knows how much money they have spent in lawyer fees and and uh, uh, goodwill promoing to to try and and convince the powers that be that this is an acquisition that's not only good for them, um, them being Microsoft, but also good for the the community and and for the consumers. Um, and and rightfully so, right? Like the 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 more you've got invested in a thing, the harder you are going to try and fight to make sure that the thing that you want to have happen will happen. And uh, you know, and they're doing all of the like you as a as a person who used to be in sales. One of the things that you know about sales is getting through the nose, right? Um, I don't want it. I don't like it. Uh, I don't have money, right? Like whatever it is, you've got to figure out 
how to thwart those no's. And the better you are, you answer those, you know, you give yeses to those no's before somebody even gives you the no. So, you know, so that is what Microsoft's trying to do. They, 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 they were reactive at first, and now they're trying to be proactive. And I think that's going to help them get to a, a resolution, right? And ultimately, I think it will be approved. But right now, we're still kind of on the fence. But I do think we're approaching the end of this. Taylor, uh, do you do you think that it's getting to a point with these moves, these big moves by Microsoft, that if regulators don't approve this, they're going to be the ones that look bad? You know, I think, yeah, I would say so, if only because, you know, we already know that, you know, Activision Blizzard has a union. The CWA was voicing these concerns that saying that if this deal doesn't go through, it could, you know, cause a power imbalance that we're currently seeing at Activision Blizzard between management and workers. Microsoft has already been very supportive of this union in the past, have we seen. Uh, there was, I believe, it was recently they had talks with the CWA that resulted in like some type of neutrality agreement with that would help kind of clear a path to a collective bargaining agreement yeah. should this acquisition, you know, come through and finish and like finalize. So, you know, I think that there's certainly an issue with, you know, you know, the regulators, this, they might, you know, continue to be the big bad wolf, but they'll look even more so in the eyes of maybe the people who are, you know, very supportive of CWA or and the unionization efforts and things of that nature. The CWA definitely voicing their concerns to these regulators and say, hey, you guys got to make this deal go through, I think is very, if only because of the, and just the previous backstory that we know that's been going on with Activision Blizzard, the unionization efforts and all of that in between. Yeah, I agree completely. Now, uh, Let's before I wrap this one up and we move on to the next topic. We heard Cicero say he yes, he thinks this deal is going to go through. Taylor, where are you sitting with it right now? What's your feeling? Yeah, it's it's such a toss-up. Every day something comes up that always goes to me, oh, it'll go through. And then the next day or a week later, it's the opposite. I feel I I think overall I I could not see this i could see this going through i think that it's going to be a headache for microsoft as we have seen the last like year or so but ultimately i could see this going through but of course there is always that lingering thing of well with all of these voices of concern and contentions that the regulators have there could be that possibility that might not go through but based off of the evidence that i've seen especially with all of the efforts and partnerships that microsoft has been making especially yesterday there i can't see them not approving this I'm right with you. I, and I'm same same as you too, where I've gone back and forth on this multiple times. I, I think it's there's probably recorded proof of it on this podcast <laughs> where, yeah, there, there have been times where I thought, man, this does not look like it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. With, with these couple of big power moves this week, plus the endorsement of a union, it does just feel like that, that the regulators are, are going to have to for the, basically to save face almost, even though I know it's not supposed to be how it works and maybe it's not really how it actually works, but it just does seem like it's going to go through now uh, or else, I mean, I, Microsoft's going to actually look like the victim if it doesn't go through with these deals that they've made with Nintendo and with NVIDIA and, and trying to make a deal with Sony. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I do... Absolutely think we're in the end game of this. I don't know what other moves Microsoft might have left. Now, they're a huge trillion dollar company with way smarter people that work there than I am. So um, maybe they do have more moves up their sleeve that that we have 
yet to see more cards they can play, but it, it just, it definitely feels like the kind of the, the, the flanking positions have been, have been made uh, around the CMA specifically, although there is still the SEC lawsuit uh, or FTC, or I forget which US agency it is. Um, there's the, the US government is still suing Microsoft over this, but depending on what is it, Taylor? Yeah, I believe it is the FTC. Thank you. Yeah, I, I always confuse those two for some reason. Um, and maybe that lawsuit goes away if, you know, after all this stuff with the CMA shakes out, but it does seem like, like I'm feeling more optimistic about it than ever. And I would agree with you both that I, I do think it's going to ultimately go through. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by Nord VPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about something else, like video games instead of legal battles. Diablo 4. Uh, where are each of you on this? Because this, for me, Diablo 4 and Starfield are the two games that are the don't talk to me, I will be playing these games uh, as long as I possibly can and at the expense of literally everything else. They're, they're my two most anticipated games by far of the year. Uh, I can't wait for Diablo 4. It's out June 6th. 
Taylor, where are you with Diablo 4? Are you a, you a Diablo fan? I'm not a big Diablo fan, to be honest. Uh, you know, I played a little bit of Diablo Immortal, uh, mostly because yeah. I just wanted some excuse to, you know, play with the Backbone controller. <laughs> uh, but I've never really been too big into the series. But, you know, I'm I'm open to trying Diablo 4 if, yeah. like, if I was given an opportunity. But just like in the past, those games, I wasn't really vibing with them. Fair enough. Cicero, you, you a Diablo player? I need a bag of Doritos, uh, three friends... And two backup batteries. Let's go. Yeah. I'm uh, co-signed. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. So uh, this past weekend, IGN had a little event called Fan Fest that we, we put together for you once a year. Our wonderful events team led by Michael and Rob spearhead that. Although a ton of people across IGN uh, have the, the, a ton of people work on it. So I don't want to shortchange anybody else. Uh, I was lucky enough to get to be one of those people that put in a tiny amount of work on it. I got to sit down and interview Joe Shelley, the game director of Diablo 4, where we, and in that segment, we premiered the opening cinematic to the game, uh, which is cool. So you can see that right now on IGN or again, youtube.com slash IGN. And we also got those beta dates that we've all been waiting for. When the heck are we going to get to play Diablo 4? Because we knew we'd get to play it before it came out. And now we have dates for that. So if you have pre-ordered Diablo 4, you get a, an extra second weekend and an earlier, you get the first crack at it, March 17th through the 19th. So I, I am generally pretty uh, a anti-pre-order because, you know, there's so many games ship broken and there's, there's a lot of reasons to not pre-order. This is probably a good reason to pre-order because you get to play Diablo for uh, a weekend, one week early, I should say. So the 17th, the 19th, and then the following weekend will be the actual open beta weekend, March 24th to the 26th. Cicero, I'll see you in hell, buddy. Yes, see you in hell. <laughs> uh, what What do you roll? What's your What's your class? Uh, you know what? It really kind of depends on the day, man. Um, yeah. I am I'm really gonna be open to lots of things, but I have a question for you, Ryan. Hit me. And I've got a question. Actually, I've got a question for you, Phil. I know you're listening. So this game, Diablo Four, is made by Blizzard. Will be on Game Pass, but if the in deal order goes for through. right, right. If the if the deal goes through, uh. If the deal goes through, the game is on Game Pass, how do I pre-order it if I want it on Game Pass? Well, and get, get the beta. I guess the the lame but technically correct answer is that's still a hypothetical, so the it's it's you just have to pre-order from a retailer cuz currently that's the only way to <laughs> to get the game on Xbox is to buy it. Um, or I guess on any platform is to buy a PC, a right. PC or Xbox. Right. Um, but you're right. Like if the deal had gone through already, there'd have to be some, maybe it's just, if you just, uh, you know, pre-install on game pass, you're in on that first, that first beta weekend. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure there are, uh, there would be easy solutions to be had there somewhere, but, but yeah, for the time being, you got to. You know, I, I, most retailers think you don't necessarily have to actually put money down. Like right. Amazon, you don't. They just they they uh they don't bill you till it ships. Oh, okay. So there's at least that as an option. But yeah, I this is do not 
attempt to talk to me on right. March 17th, the 19th, or from, unless it's in the game, unless we're, right, right. yeah, unless this or unless you and I are actually making runs in Sanctuary yes. to, to find better gear, then that's, that's how you talk to me that it those is, weekends. It, it is the day after my birthday, so I will, uh, I will definitely be there. Now, are you, so I, I've actually been wrestling with this. I want to, I want to get your thoughts, sister. Right. I, I'm wrestling with which platform to play on. Because As am I. Yeah. So PC, I've, of course, historically, it, it was, it's always been a PC game up until right. uh, Diablo 3. And specifically, it was later with the, the, um, uh, why am I blank? It was Reaper of Souls. Was that the, yes. or am I thinking? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I keep thinking Lord of Destruction. That was Diablo 2's expansion. Back. Right. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I was like kind of almost skeptically tried it on Xbox. And then I was like, wait a minute, with direct control on a gamepad rather than, you know, pointing and clicking where you want to go, this feels awesome on a gamepad. Mm-hmm. And you could have you have couch co-op, right. same screen couch co-op in that scenario. So it's it rocks on console, but I don't know, man. I I'm I'm not sure if I want to fully commit to playing on Series X or stick with the old mouse and keyboard and, and play on my PC. Where, where are you with this right now? So, yeah. So my dilemma was, was always this, do I want to, um, so I'm fortunate enough to work, work uh, from home most, most days. So I'm, I'm sitting actually where I am sitting right now for the entirety of the day. And the question was, do I, when I game, when I'm, when my work is done, do I want to continue sitting in this chair or do I want to sit on my comfy couch? And that has really been the question, but also it's about communicating with my friends. If my friends are playing on PC and we are communicating via Discord, do I, you know, do I go to my console where I've got to figure out how to make Discord work? But now with Xbox and their Discord integration, I don't mm-hmm. have that to worry about. So now it makes it even more worrisome like i still don't know i don't know ryan i don't know what i'm gonna do i i i i need help please unlock the community tell me where i should play this game i'm gonna play well, it but where um, should the, i play it at least it, it's cross play no matter what right, right? so you right. can play you can play on anything you want your friends can play anything you want and then yeah it's just you gotta you know you do discord integration whatever whatever works easiest so yeah because but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the the sort of work and play in the same spot thing. Cause I wrestled with that. That was a thing for me for the first, probably like at least year of the pandemic where, cause I'm in the same boat. I'm very, very fortunate to be able to work from home most of the time, other than normally we shoot unlocked in the studio, but today there was a, a million different things going on. So we just made it a remote deal, but cause I'm with you. Like I, I, I got to points in the the first year or so of the pandemic where I was like, well, yeah, I just, I don't want to play any PC games because I sit here literally all day and I got to, I got to move. I got to just physically get somewhere else. But now, I don't know. Now I've, I'm kind of like, I guess maybe better adjusted to the whole, right. The whole work from home situation. And and I don't mind playing on my PC anymore. Uh, I'm lucky I have a, a, a good PC, not a like top of the line thing by any means, but Same but a solid one. So yeah, I mean the nice, it is nice that we'll just, we can just bounce back and forth as our mood strikes. Right. right like you can right. just, your, you know, your character, your save will pick up wherever you're at, but for this beta, I don't know. I mean, I played the last, the, the, the press preview in December 
uh, which you, if you didn't see that preview, it's on again, IGN or, or YouTube, uh, that was on PC. And so maybe, maybe this beta, maybe for this one, since the, the progress isn't going to transfer, maybe I'll just play on Xbox and see how it feels and go there from go. there. There, you go. there are your you, dates. You got you to do your test drives. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a nice position to be in to get to get to give it a go. Uh, let's see here. How much time do we have left? We've got, all right, we've got a little time. How about E3 and whatever that's going to be Ubisoft, this, this story. Okay. Well, I don't want to color, color it with my impressions. Cause I want to hear from, from the two of you. Ubisoft confirms it will be at E3 quote, if E3 happens, you know, that thing that's announced from read pop and the new show organizers and the ESA <laughs> on Ubisoft's uh, Q3 earnings call uh, just this past week. CEO Eve Guillermo responded to an investor asking if the company planned to, quote, attend the event in person this year to show its games. And Eve said, quote, if E3 happens, we will be there and we will have a lot of things to show. Now, IGN's news team did their reporting due diligence and followed up with the E3 people, the Reed Pop folks, specifically uh, Reed Pop president Lance Fensterman in a statement to IGN, reiterated that E3 is still on track to take place this year, saying, quote, E3 is full speed ahead, and we are pleased with the progress and engagement from the community. As we have confirmed exhibitors, we are, agree uh, we are eager, pardon me, to share more as details get cemented and participants ready their own detailed plans. In other parts of the ReadPop gaming portfolio, we rarely release participants until close to the event, but now we'll adjust our style to the E3 way as we can. We will be sending our first round of media and content creator registration approvals today and have, yes, I got my approval. Big shocker. I'll be going, <laughs> I'm allowed to go to E3. <laughs> uh, it, and we'll have news to share in the next few weeks on some of the exciting new additions to the remastered E3 2023. Uh, Remastered would indicate that it was it's the same thing but better, and there's no Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo, so I'm not sure the remastered label applies. But that's neither here nor there. Taylor, uh, you're first up. This statement by Ubisoft are they just like being weird because none of the exhibitors have been announced, so they're just kind of that was just like a weird off the cuff answer or. What do you make of this? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, as the, you know, as that statement from Repop had said previously, you know, they don't really share their plans until, you know, close to the event. Although I feel like in recent years they really do need to actually just like completely get away with that because, you know, E3 has I there's that argument that E3 has lost its relevance over the last several years. So, you know, <laughs> I think the CEO might have just been saying that because of that previous precedent where Reed Pop's like, yeah, you know, we'll announce who's going to be at E3 when we're get closer to E3 actually happening. But, you know, I also look at this as, well, what if E3 just get canceled? I don't know. It's March now. It's not happening till June. A lot can happen between the next like three ish months. And also it's, it's February now. I don't know why. I was going to say, like what's, what's it like in March? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually have a time. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's late in March. It's, yeah, I've had a long week. Okay. <laughs> but you know, a, a lot can happen in the next three and a three ish months before E3 happens. But you know, it, it's, it's, there's definitely, 
I could see this happening like one or two ways where it's like, yeah, they just didn't want to say anything. They wanted to wait for E3 to say something. Or it's really just like, yeah, maybe they are still trying to figure out if they want to go yet. Yeah. I, Cicero, <laughs> is there is there a, a common sense explanation for this that I'm missing? So um, this sounds like uh, the the less popular kid in high school his parents have gone away for uh, for the weekend or whatever, and and he's deciding to throw a party, and he's told everyone. And Ubisoft is one of the like they're like one of the mid tier popular kids, and they're like, hey, if the quarterback, you know, if the star player from the football team is going, then we'll go, right? And they're waiting right. for for those groups uh, for that person to be. But I don't know who the star quarterback is of of e3 of the people because you know it's not microsoft it's not sony it's it's not nintendo ea's got a relationship with microsoft and they'll probably be at whatever sony's press conference is activision blizzard is still you know we've we've already gone down that road of of where their allegiances lie so who who is the 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 person that that Ubisoft who's that 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 quarterback that Ubisoft yeah. is looking at that's gonna that's gonna make Ubisoft say oh since they're coming we're we're gonna be <laughs> right. there as well like um, Tencent or uh, right. like a, what Warner Brothers maybe? right, right. Uh, <laughs> Rockstar maybe right right oh, yeah maybe yeah, it well, take two yeah yeah or take two just any yeah two K yeah two K yeah in general. Um, <laughs> sure, but like maybe you know, yeah, maybe that's the group. But at this point, right, like uh, the way that E three used to be, right, people would spend or companies would spend lots and lots of money. There would be elaborate booths. There would be you know setups that would be at at least on the like probably fifty percent finalized at this point. Oh, yeah. And, you know, historically. And the fact that they're not even sure if they're going to go leads me to believe that if they do show, they may be at like a table, maybe like Eve Gilmore at like a like a fold out lunch table with, <laughs> with like pamphlets. You know, Hey, here's Skull and Bones. Check it out. We've got lots to show with, you with, here. With the sign on the table that says Skull and Bones will be released. Prove me wrong. <laughs> right. Beyond, Beyond Good and Evil 2, don't do worry. It hasn't right, been canceled yet. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's just well, a on, bunch, just a bunch of pamphlets. It'll be like a job fair. On that note, though, la- for the last point on this, before we do trivia and then get out of here, like uh, whether they do something at E3 or whether they just have their own Ubisoft Forward press conference again, or whether they show up at Jeff Keighley's summer play game summer fest, games play fest. days, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> what what's Ubisoft gonna show? Because the the only I, I feel like I've got to be missing like at least one or two big games. Cause the, the only, the couple things that came to mind were number one, definitely Assassin's Creed, Assassin's right. Creed Mirage. Right. But then uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which right. had been delayed. Like those right. two for sure seem like we would see those, but what else might they be ready to unveil either from an existing franchise or from one of their other bigger teams? Either Skull, and Bones, Skull, and, Skull and Bones is playable right now. You can download it right now. Shadow <laughs> drop. <laughs> Shadow <laughs> drop. I mean, at this yes. point, why not, yeah. right? <laughs> um, uh, Ryan, I don't want to get your hopes up. 
Don't say um, it. I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be Splinter Cell, right? It's, it's got to be. It's got to be. Oh, an, an announcement. Well, an, but they an did announcement. Kind of a, like just maybe like a CG little teaser thing. Right. So I'd be but down like, with that. Yeah, something. Um, yeah. So the, I mean, there isn't a lot going on in the in the Tom Clancy universe in terms of new announcements. So they right. they've got it, and you know, Ubisoft. That's one of their anchor. That's one of their tempo tentpole franchises or IP that Tom Clancy IP. So something new is is got to come out of that out of that group and splinter cell is the thing that everybody keeps talking about that isn't even ryan mccaffrey so it's it's gotta like it's gotta be it's gotta be taylor and, oh and, and and just yeah. dance of course oh yes, that's true yeah, you can't forget that <laughs> it's you're, you're, when you're right you're right and you, you're always right it's a fun game <laughs> uh it's for me hmm i mean if i recall wasn't Ubisoft working on some type of Star Wars game. We haven't really heard much oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. See, thank you. I knew I was forgetting something big. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, there's uh, that. That's massive. And, the the developers yeah. of the division. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and speaking of the division, it's funny that you brought that up because I was about to say, I was like, didn't we hear, what was it last year, that there were a couple different division spinoffs or something like that? Like, I haven't really heard anything about the yeah. division Heartland, right. for example. So, and then there was, I believe, the division Resurgence. I think they were still working on a mobile version of Rainbow right. Six. Right. So, like, there's a bunch of stuff that is down the Tom Clancy pipeline that were, you know, announced more or less and haven't really heard anything from it after the fact. So, you know, I, but I can't really see what else they're, they could announce unless, you know, I know that they canceled like that BR version of Splinter Cell. So I, I don't believe, right. we're, yeah, we're not getting that. I, we don't even know what's going on with the VR version of Assassin's Creed. I just assume that's canceled because that's been pretty quiet. But, you know, I'm very much like, this is such a toss up. I was like, of course, Assassin's Creed is like a definite likely avatar frontiers of Ventura, but then everything else i'm just like yeah it's a toss-up i was like there's so much stuff they could announce or tease but who knows thank you for bringing up star wars because yeah that that's i guess the question is would would lucasfilm allow them yeah. to re- reveal it themselves or is that just going to be part of star wars celebration or, or some other <laughs> disney event but yeah yeah that that'll be awesome to see what you know whatever that that game is is it's because I think all we know, right? It's a, it's an open world single player game, right? Which is like, on paper, yes, you've got that's that's a thing that we've maybe never had in Star Wars before. Uh, that that would be awesome in the right hand. So we shall see. All right, uh, trivia time. Uh-oh. It's time for unlock block trivia. This we got a good question from Adam M from Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. Ask this one. This this goes out. Uh, I I'm old enough to remember this. We'll see how well the two of you fare on this one. In the original Xbox days, Microsoft sent out Xbox Live beta tester kits. The kit included a translucent memory card. What was the color of this translucent memory card? Was it black translucent, green, orange, or blue? So, Aaron, uh, Adam, pardon me. I'm going to say I definitely remembered this one because we had the kits all over the OXM offices back in the day. But let's test Cicero and Taylor here. I will start with Taylor. I know Do you know answer. it or have a good, good, good guess? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know the answer. Oh, you know it. All right. Let's <laughs> yeah. go to Cicero then. Right. Oh, man. Um, so, I remember this. I remember that card. 
I am it's it's either black or green. Okay. Um and I am trying to remember maybe I should have just been like Taylor and been like, yeah, I know it, and then let Taylor answer first. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um uh just for the sake of being different, I'm going to say green. Okay. So a translucent green. Taylor, you are very confident. Hit us with the answer. Orange. Yes. Yes, it was orange. Uh, mm. Yeah, the default, like, just regular memory card that you'd buy in the in the store and plug into the controller was right. just a, a non-translucent black to match the controller. But yes, translucent orange. There it is. Look at that. Our super producer, Tayo. There's, well, that's a controller. And then, yeah, just to the right, you can you can yes. see the, the memory card there as well. So uh, great stuff. Adam from Peterborough and up in Ontario. Great question. And we got to get uh, we got to get Taylor on the board here because, <laughs> hey, the year is young. You, you make enough appearances, Taylor, you might win this whole thing. I'm pretty good at <laughs> trivia, Ryan. That's like something I like to do every Thursday. <laughs> great. Right I mean, well, nobody's got more than a point. So I, I'm pleased to tell you that you're tied for the lead. Yay! With six other people, but hey, it's it's a it's anybody's game. I'll take it. At this <laughs> point, he's the lead. All right. Uh, if anybody else out there has an Xbox trivia question, please send it my way so that I can try to test the panel's knowledge on next week's show. The email address to submit those is unlocked at ign.com. Include the question. Include four multiple choice answers. Note the correct answer, and don't forget your gamer tag if you'd like me to read that on the air as well. And with that, we've come to the end of Unlocked 583. Taylor, you want to give yourself a plug? Where can we find you on social? What are you working on on IGN, et cetera? Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter and really anything else at Tay Nixter. And currently I am working on the PlayStation VR 2 review of Resident Evil Village. Excellent. That'll be, uh, as a new PSVR 2 owner, I'll be eager to hear your thoughts on, uh, on that to see if it's worth firing up. And that brings us to Cicero Holmes. Uh, it is so great to see you, my friend. Thank you for taking another hour out of your time to, to do a great podcast with us. You always add a lot to the show. Now that everyone has fallen in love with you all over again, mm. remind us again, where can we find you on the social medias, on your podcasts, etc.? cetera? Uh, thank you very much uh, for having me yet again, Ryan. Um, you can find me outside of this on 42nd Street, popping and locking, on a cardboard box. Um, but in uh, social media land, I am Stubby Stan. Uh, you can find me on the Discovery Debrief podcast. You can find me on Test Your Might every week. Uh, you can also find me on The Incomparable, uh, where we just talk about random uh, podcasting things uh, or pop culture things. Uh, let's see. Also, I just want to say uh, be excellent to one another and party on, dudes. The great Bill and Ted, wiser words were never spoken. Cicero, thank you. Uh, our super producer, Tayo, this week, thank you very much for making the show happen remotely and so seamlessly and wonderfully. And that'll do it again. This was Unlocked 583. We'll see you all again next week. Hey. 
Hey, I'm Jillian Clare, the host of the podcast, Thanks for Coming In. I've accumulated some pretty crazy audition stories over the past 20 years, and so have my friends. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to do this. And then Disney calls and is like, we need you to come test for the anime movies. I didn't know if my scene was going to get cut or not. Ooh, I could play that. Tune in every Thursday to hear your favorite actors tell the funniest, saddest, and most cringeworthy audition stories. Sometimes even the one that got away. Thanks for Coming In is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.